0: Good evening all and welcome to the first ever episode of the Thrill Me Podcast. I'm your host Adam, with me is my co-host Jared. Jared, how are we? Good Adam, how are you? I'm good mate, are you excited to kick things off?
1: Yeah, uh, I think this is going to be a good time, so yeah, let's Mm. uh, get in and have a go at it. Absolutely. This podcast is going to cover action and horror films, which are our
0: favourite genres. Now... We're not going to go into the fact we're not um, experts or anything like that, Um, so we're not going to try and slag movies left, right and centre. Jared, I'm assuming that you're not going to slag anything, are you? Not much. No, no, no. But basically, you know, some of these films we really do love. Others, you know, they fit into the so bad it's good sort of category. Um, And we're trying to sort of, you know get into these films, have a bit of a laugh and enjoy ourselves with them, so.
1: Yeah, and it's not, uh, even if we do lay the boot in occasionally, (laughs) it's not necessarily out of any malice or anything like that. We just like to talk about movies um, and that's basically just what we're here to do. Yeah, and and look, we understand obviously it takes a lot of time and a lot
0: of effort to make a movie, so we're not going to just rip in and and carry on like that, but we are going to enjoy ourselves and have a bit of a laugh in the process. Now, the first thing we'll probably jump into straight away is what we've recently been watching. Uh, Jared, do you want to kick off and let us know what's, um, what you've been watching over the past little while?
1: Yeah, uh, the main thing I've been watching is uh, reviewing the RoboCop trilogy, the original Ooh. three movies. The original's a gem. Um, original, the, f- the first one's a classic. Uh, love that. Um, second one, I actually enjoyed it more than I remembered. It was. It's nowhere near as good as the first one, but it's still, still got me. I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was quite, quite good. It's sort of. Uh, if I remember the second one, because I remember seeing it in the cinema. But
0: if, if I'm correct, it kind of sort of did have some holdovers from the original. Like it had some yeah. of that subtext and and that kind of stuff about. Um, the City and those ads and all that yeah, stuff that they had. It still and had some that sort of that of in it. Um, it didn't quite – obviously didn't quite hit the mark as the the original one. No, not quite, um, but I still enjoyed it. What about the third, third one? I haven't one, seen that in a long time.
1: Yeah, just probably leave it, uh, <laughs> leave it be for a little while longer. <laughs> it's not – third one's a bit of a dud, and it was partially because of the decision to go PG. Mm. Um, really sort of takes – Takes that violent edge out of it that was a sort of stable of the first two movies. And, yeah, yeah, it's just not very good overall, the third one. Uh, I've also got the TV series lined up. Ooh. Now, I've heard that that's in the same sort of vein, that it's a a bit PG, but, uh, you know, we'll we'll, uh, dig in and have a look at that. Just
0: educate me here, Jared, because I believe you've got a little bit more knowledge on the Robocop series. When you say this TV series, what era, what year are we talking about? Where,
1: you know, what, where does it fit in? I guess amongst the, the series, it was in the nineties. It was after the third film, um, and they got one season out. I Can't remember exactly how many episodes, but I believe it was fairly decently received. Not great, um, but the issue seemed to be the cost. Um, the cost of each episode was quite high. So. Yeah um yeah i'm looking forward to to seeing it um even if it's even if it's bad um i'm a fan of robocop so you know happy to happy to have a look at it it's a fair call Uh, Uh, anything else also checked out a uh uh, an old aussie movie that uh i hadn't seen before i've been keen to check it out for a while it's called wake in fright and yeah it was quite good yeah probably uh you know probably a little bit smart for a bloke like me, but <laughs> I did get something out of it it was quite a um, quite an interesting look at Australia and I you know one of the things people always say about it is it's one of those movies where you sort of hold a mirror up to yourself and don't really like what you see and I think that's that's what happened a little bit in Australia um, but yeah it uh, contains a fairly solid performance from one of the one of the blokes we're going to talk at length about tonight ah so uh, I believe Jack Thompson. Pops up as well Jack Thompson is in there He's yeah. uh, getting in blues <laughs> Shooting <and> ruse <laughs> Shooting and ruse And drinking Plenty of tinnies uh, I Classic um, Thompson I believe Yes Classic <laughs> Thompson uh, I've also got uh, I didn't get around To watching these But Next time around I'm sure I'll be able To talk about them um, Wolf Cop And the two Purge films Lined up and ready to go I've been Looking to see the Purge ones for a little while, hadn't had the chance. Uh, went out and picked up the double pack on Blu-ray this week. So,
0: well, it's probably the perfect segue because I actually did see the Purge Anarchy. It was good. I really, I actually liked it a lot. Um, heard it's actually better than the yeah. One. The original was okay. The ideas behind the original were really good, but they weren't quite executed properly. The second one takes those ideas and takes it in a different direction, more of an action sort of idea, and I think it actually works a lot better. Um, what else did I watch? Also, I picked up the Halloween box set, um, over Christmas and hence the reason why we're probably covering this one for the first episode. So I'm really looking forward to getting into that because I believe it's got a heap of extras relating to all the films, including some of the ones that we haven't seen anything much
1: of in the extras department, like 4 and 5. You sure you want to dig any deeper into 5? Well, five, I,
0: yeah, or? I want to know about in 5. Where did the man in black come from? Can someone shed some light
1: no, on where you that You don't came. want to know about that. Just le- as I've you know, said before, <laughs> leave <laughs> it be. Let it Just be. leave yeah. things be. <laughs> um, I, got,
0: I watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, I wish I hadn't. Mm. Yeah, that's... Interesting.
1: Uh, Polarising. Some people
0: love it. We may end up covering that. Now, I'm not going to go into it here because mm. there was so, it was no, so much. No, we're strange. not going to cover it. I don't
1: think I could watch <laughs> it again. <laughs> Polarising. Um, some people love it. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. I I, I I.
0: don't understand the the love for it. I'm not really sure what, what people got out of it. Um, but, you know, it could have been something to do with the 80s. Um, I also saw Maniac Cop. Another classic? Another, another another gem that I probably wish I hadn't. Yeah, you know, a lot of these Where movies. Where did you find these from? I mean, they, in fact, was, it was out of your collection. No. I believe we were doing a bit of a purge of your collection no, and you sure were handing not. off shit left and right. Maniac Cops, one of these movies, again, that I hadn't seen in years and I thought I'd give it another go and I probably wish I hadn't. Mm. Um, it kind of brings you down a little bit because you realise it wasn't as good as you, you originally thought. I saw Tales from the Crypt. And Creepshow Two, another couple of films that I haven't seen in years, and I'll tell you what, Creepshow Two cops a bit of stick,
1: but it's actually all right. I actually found that one for two bucks at the Reject <laughs> Shop. Two bucks at the Reject Shop. I'm sure there was twenty five copies. Um, it? It's one of those ones. Like I'm a fan of the anthology horror, mm. and uh, I reckon there's two two really good stories. or oh, maybe not really good. One really good one. One pretty decent one. Mm. Um, so that's possible. I mean, yeah, the, the
0: raft is really good. I really like the raft. The raft though. is really well handled. Um, the second... The other one that's okay is um, Old Chief Woodenhead. That wasn't too yeah, bad. it was better than I recall. The one that's a dud is the Hitchhiker. Mm. It's stupid. It doesn't go anywhere. It's just... This random sort of story It sort of feels like mm, We need three stories To fill an anthology So we'll just pull if this If I
1: remember correctly too There's a Twilight Zone episode That's quite similar to that and It's yeah. a really good one mm.
0: um, I think it's basically Just a cut rate Sort of pick yeah. up this one That's basically I oh know the last one I did see Was The Hills Run Red Which is kind of like A slasher film I think made in about 2009 mm. um, It's got an Aussie connection There's an actress in it By the name of Sophie Monk who um who used to be on Australian television? Look, it had some reasonable ideas. Yep. And some of the gore was pretty heavy, but it I just think as a whole the execution wasn't quite there, and it was a it was a director video or director DVD one, so maybe the budget wasn't quite there
1: either. Yeah, I will probably need to go back and check that out because. Uh... I remember being really keen for it for some reason. I can't remember why. I think we just sort of saw articles about it kept popping up and it was like this is the next, the next big slasher. Mm. And so the hype possibly was part of the reason why I just didn't like it at all. Mm. Um, but since then I've, I've had uh, one particular bloke that I talk to a lot about movies who, who raves and I keep telling him it's terrible, it's terrible. So maybe I should go back and give it another. Look, there I think go. it's worth another another look,
0: um, but it's certainly nothing special. Execution-wise, it doesn't work for a number of reasons. Let's take a little quick break, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about the main event for tonight, which is 1978's Halloween. Halloween, the night he came home. 1978's Halloween. Just a quick synopsis of the film. Basically, a young Michael Myers, when he's seven years old, kills his sister, and he's put into a mental hospital and looked after by a psychiatrist by the name of Dr. Sam Loomis. Fifteen years later, on the night before Halloween, he breaks out and heads to Haddonfield, Illinois, begins stalking three girls uh, who are doing some babysitting on Halloween night. He's, of course, followed and... Um, Hot on his heels is, is Dr. Loomis. The movie was directed by John Carpenter, who, of course, directed some classics like The Thing, The Fog, and Escape from New York, and the not so classic Ghosts of Mars, Vampires, and Escape from LA. Vampires is all right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that so the John anyway.
0: Bon Jovi one? Or <laughs> <laughs> the no, James, no. Woods one? No, James Woods
1: one. James Woods. Anything with John Bon Jovi is an automatic three out of five, at least, isn't it? <laughs> No, 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 I don't think so. <laughs> uh,
0: it was produced by Carpenter, Deborah Hill, and Mustafa Akkad, who who produced uh, all the Halloween movies, I believe, mm. up until about part eight. Yeah, I think, I think he's. Uh, I think he recently, done the last one or two. Yeah, he recently died, I think. And Erwin Yablins, who had who actually produced a couple of the old um, slasher films in the early eighties, um, Fade to Black, Hell Night. He also chucked in. Uh, he jumped in on the roller roller skating craze with Roller Boogie. <laughs> <laughs> he got onto a winner that. <laughs> that had dated five seconds after <laughs> it was made. And he also um, produced the Estevez Sheen collaboration, Men at Work. Mm. It was also the film was written by Carpenter and Deborah Hill. It stars Donald Pleasance as Dr. Sam Loomis. Uh, Pleasance had a pretty solid career. Over about thirty or forty years, which included the Great Escape, Wake in Fright, The Eagle Has Landed, You Only Live Twice, he actually played uh, Blowfills, I, I believe, and of course the Halloween films. Jamie Lee Curtis plays Laurie Strode. She 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 started off as a bit of a, scr- a, str- a scream queen with Prom Night, Terror Train, and the Halloween, Halloween, and Halloween Two. Then she moved on to some more quality fare with um, Trading Places, A Fish Called wander and True Lies. Nancy Loomis plays Annie Brackett. She was a a Carpenter regular with Assault on Precinct 13, The Fog and Halloween 3. And Charles Cyphers plays Sheriff Lee Brackett. He was in Death Wish 2, Big Bad Mama 2, Grizzly 2, The Concert. He seems to be in a lot of sequel
1: films. A lot of good sequels (laughs) too.
0: Grizzly 2 sounds like a winner <laughs> I'll yeah. have to get onto that double bill perhaps And he's also did some one episode stints on TV On a couple of your favourite shows I believe
1: Jared Pensacola Wings of Gold and Renegade Yeah they were both uh, <laughs> They were both the sort of midnight one o'clock time slot <laughs> When I was in uh, uni First time around So uh, fair to say I caught the odd episode
0: <laughs> <laughs> Okay my general thoughts on this movie, I love it. I think I think it is, quite frankly, the granddaddy of the slasher movie and still the, the gold standard of which they've been compared. It may not have necessarily set the template for all the slasher films, e.g. some of the later things that came into them, but it, it created the initial sort of skeleton, but did it so well, so tensely... It was a bit of a slow build. It didn't require gore. It's really well directed, reasonably well acted, and for me, it never ages. For me, it's it's always one that I can throw on and enjoy. It's
1: a five out of five for me. Yeah, um, it's one of the one of the handful of films I'd probably go with a five out of five as well. I always liked Halloween the best. Um, Once we started going through like the Nightmare on Elm Streets and the Friday the 13th and then you start to dig a little deeper and come across a few undiscovered uh, gems, (laughs) Halloween always stood out. The series sort of dipped a little in the end and became sort of one of the generic slashes that was was copying it, Uh, a lot of the the later Halloween films. um, But the first one is just, yeah, it's just a classic. Uh, I think there's so much about it that was done well and it is uh, ageless... For me, uh, we'll go into that a little bit later. But yeah, personally, I'm, I'm the same as you. I could throw it on any old time and still get, still get the same sort of feelings about it that I did the first time. So. Absolutely, absolutely. Basically, yeah, you, know, you would be pretty sure that we have a lot
0: to like about this movie.
1: Mm.
0: The likes will definitely outweigh the dislikes. Yes, quite substantially. Mm. For me, the biggest like on this film. Is the, the tension that it builds over
1: 90 minutes Well, just hang on one second I'll just cut in there um, <laughs> I, had a, I had a like That's probably sort of, you know Came in a little bit earlier than that Really? And that was in the first two, three minutes of the film I discovered that after, what, 35 years And how many times have you watched this? I would have watched this movie over 50 times Right, okay uh, you only just realised that Judith Myers gets killed with her with her, um, top half exposed. <laughs> yes. Yes, I did little just realise that. or little yeah, tidbit. Yeah, tidbit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, it's one of those things, I don't know how to explain how I missed it. It's the um, magic of
1: high definition.
0: I think so. I think it's a Blu-ray transfer. <laughs> it's a real good clean-up. I thought she was wearing a body stocking or something <laughs> of that nature, but then... Stupidly, I mentioned it the other night when we were watching the movie. That oh, she got her tits out. <laughs> I've come
1: in for some ridicule. Yeah, you? look, it's a fair advertisement for Blu-ray. You know, I'm clearing up finally that yes, that's a nipple.
0: Yes, and you know, you'd swear that you know, At the end of the ninety minutes, I'd go, "Who's this Michael Myers we're talking about?" Yeah, it wasn't, I wasn't a good really start paying for attention. You. No. Yeah, um, look, I, that's that's something that yes, I have, I did miss. But yeah, as far as likes go. Uh, This film, the tension that it builds over 90 minutes is something that I don't think there's too many slasher films ever Mm. that have maintained that type of tension and the ability to just ratchet it up enough in little incremental pieces until we hit that 75, 80 minute mark when he, he comes after her. I don't think there's any other slasher movies out there. Um, the only other slasher movie that I find to be r- consistently scary and consistently tense is Scream. Um, but this is
1: this is tense the whole way through. Yeah, the thing that I noticed about it the other night, watching it again, was th- there's nothing about it that's rushed. John Carpenter just takes his time with everything and doesn't sort of rush into anything. And it, it just works a treat. Um, just those little shots of... Michael, where you see him for a couple of seconds um, and he lingers a little bit on some of those shots, you know, you see him for a couple of seconds and then someone looks away and they look back and he's gone and things like that, it just develops this sense of no matter what is happening, that he's there somewhere and there's this ever-present sense of danger and it's just done so well throughout the whole film, you can never get comfortable, you can never watch anyone and feel comfortable that they're all right, Yeah. Um, Absolutely,
0: you you one hundred percent correct because he he hovers in that in the background for what I think we sort of checked the timer at about fifty five minutes, and he hadn't attacked anyone. No, there was a, there was two deaths at that by that stage. There was his sister. Yep. in the first couple of minutes, and there was a guy who he killed for the truck. in yeah. his clothing. But we didn't see him get killed. We just sort of saw him in the bushes for a second. We didn't yeah. even know how
1: he was killed. And you sort of remove the sister because she's, you know, that 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 was just the setup of the movie, and it was fifteen years like, uh, earlier. So you kind of take that out. Um, and then, yeah, as you said, I think it's about fifty odd minutes. And the only the only um, death you see is well, you don't see it. It's mm. the it's the truck driver. That's right. The tow truck driver. So
0: fifty five minutes before he gets to killing Annie in the car. Mm and for that whole time you have been on the edge because you just you see him hovering in the background and you're just not sure is he just going to come busting in here and kill somebody or is he just going to hang around the back and he continues to just sort of appear and disappear in little bursts. Yep. And as you you spot on, you are you don't know what the next move is. Carpenter was lucky in the fact
1: that there hadn't been 55 of these movies. No, exactly. And it's uh... He does things like When you do sort of Start to think Oh where is Michael He just has that little sort of jump uh, Like outside the school You know When um, Tommy comes racing out And he bumps into him And things like that It just Builds this sense Through the whole movie That he's always there And that you're never safe Um, And even when it's not him uh, One of the One of the scenes I always remember is Loomis Getting his own little scare On Halloween When the kids are at the house And he's like Hey Get your ass away from there And Um He has a little bit of a chuckle to himself and then, boom, there's a scare. Yeah. It's not Michael, but it just continues this sense of, hey, you're not safe. You're not, you can't have a chuckle, you know, you can't get comfortable here.
0: And you get that sense, too, from the acting involved. Mm. You know, the way Loomis, when he gets the scare, he kind of, he looks, he he almost goes for his gun and and all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's the same when they're in the house and that thing falls and hits the window. And it's, it's a jump scare and Loomis goes and pulls his gun out, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: So that, that, they keep the tension in your face the whole time. Yeah. But even the little things like Loomis um, on the sidewalk in the afternoon wanting to talk to the sheriff and you just see the car in the background go and drive past them and it's the car that Michael stole just behind them and he, he, you sort of feel like saying, just look that way and you'll see him. But it's just in there just to insinuate, look, He's, he's all over the place He's yeah. just
1: everywhere It's very sort of insular. Like it, it doesn't matter where they are You're sort of given that sense that Either you see Michael Or It hasn't been long enough For you to think He's not around anymore Or And you know It's a small town So you just Yeah You've got this constant sense of dread That, that something's going to happen Yeah And it builds for so long That by the time he actually does Get around to killing someone You, you edge your seat You know
0: And it's a surprise it's, it's not Not a surprise But it's enough to get you with those simple scares that probably shouldn't work when, for instance, Annie gets in the car and she she's, um, she realises oh, 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 the door was locked a second ago and then she puts her finger up on the window and that and you just see him go whoosh, and pop up and it has the sting and it kind of does surprise you. It's probably one of those rare sting moments that get you. There's a couple of them in the movie where he gets it right. And it's partially because he doesn't use it all the time. Mm. He uses a sting here and there, but then there'll be other times where you'll see Michael in the background and there'll be no music whatsoever. So he's, ho- he's wanting you to look in the background and see him. And I like that. I think it's a bit like you know, the Spielberg thing with Jaws. The shark, the music sort of drives the shark and then there's that se- scene where there's no music but they're underwater and that's that, it's that kind of thing. And I really like that. I think the direction—it's another like—is incredibly nuanced for a bloke who was 25
1: or whatever yep. he was. It's really, really well done. Yep. Speaking of the sort of nuance too, I noticed, um, and I don't know if it's a product of watching a lot of slashes and sort of you know getting further away from this time period that they're just done differently now, but the the kills. They're not necessarily gory But I was surprised at how long The first one actually takes You know He's he's in the car with uh, Annie for a long time mm. And it's not As I said It's not particularly gory It's not particularly sort of uh, There's no blood or anything like that But it's sort of like it's pretty full on because he sort of he stays with it, yeah. Um, and then he's kind of strangling it, for, yeah, yeah. And for then, about ten seconds, um, again, it it goes into this not rushing anything. But he does it after he um, pins the bloke. I can't remember his name. Ted is it? Ted Dennis Quaid. <laughs> <laughs> he's <laughs> supposed to be Dennis Quaid. Pins <laughs> the bloke to the door, and he you know he does takes that sort of second to tilt his head and have a look. And it's just these little nuances that make Michael very, very menacing. Which is another one of your likes that he's yeah. an extremely menacing character, even though he does nothing.
0: Like, like there's no backstory to the guy. There's no backstory. We, we, all we know is he killed his sister. Yep. Right. We know nothing of what he did in in, in the mental asylum for fifteen years. Mm. According to Loomis, he didn't speak. He just sat there. Now. When he gets when he breaks out, we don't get the classic, cliched. Oh, he was you know, he watched his mother get killed or whatever it turned him crazy or whatever. We don't get any of that. We just get this guy's loose. He's somewhere in Haddonfield, and he's he's loose cannon. He's and this is yeah, he's
1: dangerous. Yeah, and this is uh, one of the things that I sometimes gets me about newer um, horror flicks this need to explain everything that happens. We as an audience now seem to have this need to have everything explained. Otherwise we will pick it to pieces, you know. So I just love the simplicity of Halloween and I think it's one of its strengths. And it's, you know, highlighted in scenes like when Loomis is talking to the the fella at the asylum about the breakout Mm. and they're talking about him driving. Yeah. And he says, you know, he can't drive. And Loomis says, well, he was doing a damn good job last night, you know. That's all we need. We're no just, uh, we didn't need to, oh, no, geez, how are we going to explain no, we, these drivers? We, we ran an um, asylum program
0: and <laughs> you know, in the current films, it would be, yeah. oh, we actually ran a driver's ed
1: program. <laughs> yeah. He, he topped the class. Um, yeah, it's one of those things that nowadays would probably get picked apart on the internet mm. and it's one of those things I really dislike because sometimes you just got to go with these things and that's what I love about the movie, the simplicity of it. We just sort of um, You know If you go along with the fact that Hey this bloke's just evil Yeah It works And the fact that he He keeps saying You know This kid's got This kid had the blackest eyes The devil's eyes All that sort of stuff He's essentially just saying This guy is evil With like you said No backstory And it's okay It works Yeah It works as it is Um, And you know The faceless sort of The the mask that they came up with The expressionless mask Sorry not the faceless mask Mm. Um, it all just plays into this menacing character,
0: and and you know, getting back to what you're saying about the current sort of films and and the horror films and the audience, it's almost like the sometimes the the filmmakers feel that we're too dumb to understand, mm. so we better give you the whole lot. Yeah, and we're not we're not we're not smart enough to pick up on some possible subtleties or understand there might be a little bit of subtext or some deeper issues here. But hey you know let's just go with it Yeah, I seem it's to feel my, I need
1: to just plow it out there so you can you can you know everything it's one of my pet hates about the halloween remake um and you know I only touch on it briefly cuz we may end up covering it later down the track but that was the real crucial error for me in the halloween remake was 40 minutes of backstory that was just clichéd yeah. Um cliche movie serial killer business. Yeah. You know Killing um, Animals and Broken Family, Killing Animals, things like that, and it just sort of ruined it. I'm not a big Rob Zombie fan, but I think visually he does some really nice stuff. Um, I just wish he had let somebody else write it yeah. or perhaps say to him, Listen, Rob, just ditch the backstory, you know. Well,
0: I would agree and I think that the people it's it's interesting if you actually read online, a lot of people actually like the backstory because it's it's the new element. But I just didn't feel it worked, um, no. and to me, that's that's enough reason
1: to not remake Halloween. Well, the, the the putting the backstory in there took away everything that I thought was was scary about the character. Mm.
0: We so, had yeah. no idea who he was, and. Um, it just again brought that mystery and that sort of thought of where is he, when's it, what's he going to yeah, do? Yeah, and it's
1: this is this is it, it took away the whole boogeyman element, which was a massive part of the first one. They created a boogeyman, and by not giving him this backstory, not giving him anything to reason with, not giving him any motive, that's the boogeyman, mm. and that's why that worked, and the remake didn't. Look, not to defend
0: zombie because I'm again I'm like you, I don't think I think he's not his writing's not strong enough. But I think his direction with the right script, he's quite good visually. I think he was painted slightly into a corner when you're remaking a film like that because people expected there had to be something different and that was all they could come up with.
1: Yeah, see, Maybe, obviously I, I don't agree with that because I just, I know, I, I get what you're saying, but I don't think that meant you needed that forty-minute backstory, and that if you did have a backstory, it had to be that cliched. Or what have we seen in movies about killers, broken oh, yeah, 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 yeah. things like that? So I, I'll, I'll disagree with rampant you, rampant asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone is in Tumblyland. <laughs> I
0: know everyone's redneck or something. Mm.
1: Sorry, Rob, we'll cut you. Some yeah, yeah, we'll,
0: get yeah. It. we'll move on. We gave him plenty of kudos on his direction, though. Yeah, he, he, he legitimately his direction is okay. I yeah, think I think he, he does some really does some really good things. Yep. The other thing I really uh, I, I like to bring up about this movie is that this movie was made for 300000 it 300000 yeah, like 500000 I don't have the actual budget 56, numbers. And you know what? It's the approach of little money breeds thinking about it <clears throat> and trying to work out ways around things. Yeah. Well, the constraints that are put on
1: you sort of- Financially. Make you more creative yeah, in some ways. Yeah. And
0: to me- it's a minimalist kind of film. You look closely at it, it's very, very straight to the point plot-wise. The mask and everything, it's all very st- easily stuff that you could get from somewhere. You know, like It's not like they went elaborate because they didn't have the money to do so. Mm. And all of that works.
1: Yeah, it was just a sort of perfect storm.
0: Yeah. It works very well, in fact. Now... The kids in these movies. Now, I've got a bugbear with the current crop of slasher movies that the kids are all pricks. <laughs> well, they are. It's just, it seems like everyone's a twat.
1: Is it just that you're getting old? M- Maybe I am.
0: <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, everyone's nasty. There's always this element of nasty people in these movies. Even the the alleged hero that we're supposed to like always does something in these latest
1: movies that's a bit sort of off. Or- yeah, no, I know what you mean. It's... It is difficult to sort of uh, get on board with some of these characters. Yeah. You're supposed to care about them, and it's difficult, it's difficult to, care to about root them, for example. some of these people. I think this crop of kids are pretty likable. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, as you kind of alluded to, for me, not so much, except Laurie. Yeah. Um, I was... Well, the others lack a bit of character development. Yeah. There's not much there. Well, even Laurie does. It's it's kind of what you said. It's, it's a very simple sort of. Down the line, movie. Um, but I think Jamie Lee Curtis was just she portrayed this sort of sweet girl next door really well, mm. and I think that was kind of why you you went for it. I think it was a really good uh, good casting of the part, and you you got on board. You really did care for Laurie. Yeah. The others not so much. You didn't have as big a problem, but no, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. She like I guess I
0: guess revisiting it the other night when we watched it for the, the podcast, you can see that the the interactions between them when they're coming out of school, that's probably one of the only dislikes. Yeah. Is some of that dialogue is as clunky
1: as that can Yeah. It's really clunky. Annie in particular is just grating. And that other
0: bird totally this and totally that. Yeah. It's kinda like, oh But
1: But I know that what you're scene saying. only
0: lasts for what? Couple of minutes Yeah
1: And it, I know what you're saying They're not They're not unlikable No As such it's, it's just possibly A little bit to do with the acting And the writing You, you just don't really care for them that much Yeah But it's uh, I know I do I do agree with you It's not that they're They're um, You dislike them And you want them to just Go away or Yeah anything.
0: It's not like they're hated or, or they've They've deliberately Fucked someone's life up You're supposed to enjoy that Or whatever Yeah um, it's just that there's that yeah there's that acting portion that's just not quite there yeah
1: and the dialogue's a little clunky in the whole package for that three or four minutes yeah is and I've always sluggish. sort of I've always looked past the acting thing because of the the budget mm. they, they were just given given these guys a go well you're certainly not getting top class talent at 250 000, no right? no exactly uh so you can't really pick those the, I, the quality people up. yeah I can't that. take points off for the acting no especially when you get um, Jamie Lee Curtis and Donald Pleasance in there, yeah, and they are both what I consider to be good actors. Yeah, so well, pleasant did pretty well with the obviously budget. Obviously, they
0: spent spent some money on Pleasance. I think they spent two forty five on Pleasant yeah, two hundred fifty <laughs> or whatever it um, was. I will say this as as the probably the biggest like for me in this movie <laughs> is there's one particular sequence in the entire movie that I think is probably without peer as far as horror films go, and it is the scene where. Laurie leaves her house to go across to see what's where the others are and what's happening. And, of course, they're dead and Michael's over there, but still Carpenter doesn't rush things. It takes probably five minutes for her to actually get across the road, get in the house, check that there's no lights, walk upstairs and find the body of Annie with the Judith Myers tombstone. Yeah. That's a five minutes of worth of material with a really slow score, you know, not the pulsating Halloween music we know. It's that sort of duh, 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 just that sort of stuff. It's really well done. It's paced perfectly. She finds all the bodies in classic style, then she backs up into the hallway, and the room behind is dark. And then his face just slowly appears behind her. Mm. To me, that's still
1: unparalleled. Yeah, and again, it sort of plays into that boogeyman thing. He just sort of appears out of the darkness, yeah. you know, and it was it was that particular shot is just probably the most memorable shot yeah. in any horror flick for me. It's yeah. just great.
0: And, yeah, that's the other thing about it too is you never really get a good look at him.
1: Do you no, not that? a real clear there's
0: look. There's one no. scene, there's one, there's, it goes for two seconds where he picks up the phone. Yep. That's the only time you see him full face- Close-up shot of him mm, with uh, yeah, and that, I
1: was going to say that includes in daylight yeah. because he's not he's never anything more than a sort of uh, a long yeah. They long always shot. or they always play low angles just below yeah, his head. Yeah, below his head. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think that's that's really well done. That um, is classic stuff. And you hit on another one of the likes. Uh, the score, yeah, really effective. Uh, it doesn't seem like it was overly uh, um, complex. And I'm no musician, but it's to, it, it's pretty simple from John yeah. Carpenter, up, but it's really effective, and they use the same bits over and over. But you don't sort of you don't sit there and you you're not sort of aware of it. Surely you did it on one of those keyboard guitars, <laughs> yeah, yeah? Maybe it was a uh, maybe it was a hot licks.
0: <laughs> yeah, look, that score is again minimalist. There's not a lot to it. I mean, if you really broke that down, and again. As you say, we're not musicians, but if you actually break that into pieces, there's not a lot there. It's not really a big production. No. And it, But it works perfectly yeah, um, it's for really, what they're really offering. Good. Dislikes, again, we talked about some clunky dialogue. Some of the acting's probably a little raw, but that's only from the younger players.
1: Yeah. Uh, even Curtis at times... You can sort of see it's a first feature. Yeah, occasionally it's a little bit, uh, you can see the inexperience a little bit here and there. Um, but overall, yeah, she, she does a pretty good job. Clunky dialogue, yeah, there are parts of it. And um, let's face it, some of Donald Pleasance's is pretty <laughs> clunky, but the evil is gone. But I think, uh, <laughs> I think the money well, was well spent because he carries it
0: off. Look, we, we had this argument when we watched the film. Donald Pleasance, to ham or not to ham? Now, I said there was a little bit of ham in there. The, and what I was talking about that, I was talking about things like that, where he's dribbling on about evil and stuff. And, again, it may not be, necessarily be the acting in full. It, it's part of it. It's the line. The, the line is pretty, pretty clumsy.
1: But... You're not on board with the ham. No, I'm not on board at all. Um, I thought, yeah, I there's Pleasance any was, ham in there? No, no. I, I thought Donald Pleasance was excellent, and I believe he was uh, one of these guys that was from the old school. You know, once he sort of signed on and collected a check, he gave you what he had. You know, oh, he look. didn't sort of sleepwalk through it. Um, I know what you're saying. There's some lines there that are really, uh, in, you know, in another movie delivered by someone else. <laughs> I'd be rolling my eyes, you know, things like he yeah, had the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes, and things like that. But he he pulls it off, and mm. I think I think he does the job to a point where you don't you don't notice that sort of stuff. If it's a ham, it's it's a fine <laughs> ham, a prosciutto. At it's worst. a
0: prosciutto off the bone, though. It's not in those little
1: plastic tubs. Don I Ham. I don't think you buy prosciutto off the bone, but it might be. Yeah, it might be a fine champagne leg. <laughs> right, <I think.
0: laughs> champagne leg off the
1: bone. Look,
0: I agree that you can see where he got paid, and the reason he got paid is for those monologues that he delivers uh, on several occasions throughout the movie about Michael, mm. and they are well done in that the hands of what, a lesser actor. Yeah.
1: It could have ruined the picture you, with you, a couple you, of the lines. That you take a,
0: somebody who's lesser known with lesser experience, which potentially this movie could have had. There was no guarantees that Donald Pleasance would do this movie. I believe they originally approached Christopher
1: Lee mm. to do it. He was um, probably too busy kicking someone's ass to <laughs> <laughs> to do it.
0: But in in the hands of a lesser actor, they wouldn't have been delivered no. well at all in saying that occasionally i just see the ham bubble to the surface and look it's much better reined in in this
1: movie than it is later no you uh you should be ashamed of yourself. he
0: really cuts loose in the hand department
1: you should on. absolutely be ashamed of yourself for besmirching the good name <laughs> of, a, of a of a fine man don't,
0: you, don't be right i love the man i think he's a great and he's been he was an incredible asset to the series um have you watched halloween four recently though
1: uh, yeah, I'll put, Talk okay. about loosening a bit, up the ham. <laughs> yeah, look, he's probably, moving, probably moved more into the deli section. He was running
0: the deli. <laughs> he was deli manager in but Halloween. In the,
1: <laughs> but in the first one, I'm, I'm uh, staunchly against the. You're staunchly uh, holding up against me on that. Okay, that's
0: fair enough. Okay. Does the movie still hold up for you? It's
1: been 37
0: years since that movie was made. Yeah,
1: for me, yes. Um, but I think. Uh, we're the wrong people to ask uh, You probably even more so Because you're a little bit older And, mm. and saw it um, a few years earlier Than I did Yeah. Um, but for me Yes I, I could watch it over and over And still find Those things uh, That maybe I missed previously Still find those uh, Those parts that I'm, I'm keenly Aware of um, And still enjoy them And yeah. still enjoy the quality at which they're they made.
0: I mean, look. People always say, you know, oh, it's nostalgia, and you know, it's just a movie that you always loved, and you'll, you'll, you know, you'll never have a bad word to say about it because it's one that you you remember and you yep. grew up with. Yep. Um, you know, another movie that springs to mind for me has always been Jaws. Yep. You know, it's one that I've always loved, but again, like Halloween,
1: Jaws still holds up. Yeah, and the nostalgia thing is is true to an extent, but. I think Halloween is just one of those ones that was always quality to me. I first saw it in my teens, mm. and so by that point, I might not have had what you would call a refined taste in movies. Still haven't? I guess, <laughs> yeah, well, by most people's measure, of course, no. But um, I, I think I was already starting to, to you know, um, get my own opinions <clears> on <throat> what I felt was good and what wasn't and why. Um, so it's less of that nostalgia. Like Mm. I think of something like the Goonies as nostalgia where I can still watch that and really enjoy it. But even I can see, Hey, there's parts of this that just don't hold up. And that's something from when I was like, you know, five, six years old. Yeah. This one I saw in my teens. Um, and it was, it was quality from the get go and it still is. Um, as I said, I was, I was starting to, to be able to tell what was a good picture and what wasn't. And Mm. this was always a good picture. Absolutely.
0: Well, we'll have take another quick break and then we'll come back with a discussion topic. I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. The discussion topic um, for this episode is going to cover a similar ground than we just spoke of. Um, we obviously feel this movie holds up but we're sort of going to be looking at it more from the point of view of the younger generation. And Jared, I believe you read an article uh, recently about a screening that was in Australia
1: um, in Melbourne perhaps. Was yeah, it? it was a blog post um, and it was uh, a theatre in Melbourne, a second run theatre. they play you know old classics, double bills, things like that. And it was a blog post from from them. Uh, I've been to this theatre quite a few times. And it's a really great. It was the cinema fiasco, wasn't it? Uh, no, yeah, it was the Astor. Um, the Aster is the venue, and I've been there a, a few times, and it's a fantastic, fantastic venue. Plays some really great old movies, and they had a blog entry regarding a screening of Halloween there, and there was a little bit of um, discontent among <coughs> some of the older heads that obviously like you, you and me. They, mm. they sort of love it and, you know, wanted to go and watch it on the big screen for, you know, the umpteenth time. Yeah. Um, and there was some younger folks in the audience who were sort of treating it like a, a, a so bad it's good, I guess. Yeah. You know, they were laughing at it and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, and the article was just about, yeah, uh, the fact that we sort of have to respect everyone in there and that, just because it's a classic to us, it might not be to them. But it got us thinking about, does the movie still hold up? Um, And as we sort of said, we're not the people to be asking because we think it does. Mm. So we thought we'd probably talk about why it might not hold up.
0: Look, I think it's because we touched on it before, but the younger generation needs a spoon feed, in a lot of cases with horror. Um, They like their action thick and fast. They need quick gratification. So something like Friday the 13th, Even though it would be laughed out of cinemas today, it's it's definitely doesn't hold up anywhere near, say, the Halloween. But it's got the template of a kill every ten minutes or whatever you you need. So I think the younger generation likes to feel that set me up, let me get a quick, give me a quick synopsis of what this is all about, and then just feed me the horror elements consistently for the next hour.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think there's uh, there definitely is an element of that, that the slow burn is is a harder sell these days. Yeah. I think it's probably the go-to scenario is that uh, some of these kids grew up on the cliches that Halloween put in place yeah. without knowing that Halloween actually sort of set them up. And it doesn't matter it doesn't matter how many times you've sort of told that this is this, this is a movie that started it all, it's hard to look past that you've seen it all before. Yeah. Even though Halloween was the first one, if you've grown up watching other things, you can't really s- separate that and you can't say, oh, well, that, that thing that I've seen 20 times is great just because this, this movie did it first.
0: Yeah, that's right. The clichés and, and the tropes and all that stuff that the, the slasher movies are just slavishly doing yeah. now... A lot of them, as I said, came... The, the basic skeleton came from Halloween. Yeah. Um, it was refined, obviously, with Friday the 13th and some of those. But it's really the the one that people look back on to where it all came from. The younger yeah. generation doesn't understand it and can't... You can't explain to them that, that ha- this is where it came from.
1: Yeah, and look, we're nearly 20 years removed from Scream. Yeah. So these kids are watching Scream... As, you know, someone like myself might have grown up watching yeah. Halloween. So they're watching Scream, thinking, oh, this is the old classic that all our stuff came from. Yeah. And it's making fun of Halloween and establishing these rules. Yeah. Then perhaps they go back to a Halloween. They start to dig a little bit deeper. if 20 years like, yeah. removed yeah. From Screams, So they're, they're looking about. at it through the goggles of, a, of, you know, Jamie Kennedy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> and... and, yeah. and, and um, laughing at the, the cliches and, and how it plays into the rules without sort of understanding that hey Halloween was had a big hand in setting up these rules. Yeah. You know? Um it's the
0: same for us if we look
1: back on Psycho. Yeah.
0: You know, we're twenty Psycho's twenty years prior to us being born, or roundabout. When I saw Psycho, yeah look, I think Psycho's got its its merits. But it certainly wasn't what I'd consider a scary film. I wasn't no. particularly um, excited by it, but I understood where it
1: sat. Yeah, and I I had the same sort of feeling. I watched Psycho for the first time and and thought the exact same thing. I thought, oh, yeah, it's pretty good and I can see the merits to it, but it didn't really, uh, didn't really do a whole lot for me. Yeah. And, again, that was the climate that we were in. We were used to a bit more gore and... And it wasn't as shocking as it was to audiences at the time when it first came out. And so that's probably a little bit of the effect that that Halloween um, suffers from these days.
0: Yeah, Halloween suffers from it badly because... I Also, the other thing is the young people can't quite understand the, the, the time period. There's no mobiles. There's no internet. There's none of that stuff in Halloween. You've got a phone, a landline phone... You can't walk more than. You a can't meter, walk. Brother. Yeah, you can only walk a couple of meters if you're lucky, because you've got a long cord. Um, babysitting really is probably unheard of. Yeah, well not, not not unheard of, but unheard of. in that yeah, you know, that classic well, three different people babysitting. Yeah, three well, pe- the thing for me
1: was kids in uh, one street. As I mentioned to you when we watched it, was that I don't think. It happens quite the same anymore that mm. this little street, everyone knows their neighbours and, you know, everyone knows everyone four houses down and babysits for each other and things like that. I think that environment is is uh, probably gone by the wayside. Uh, you know, people still don't, still still interact with their neighbours and that sort of thing, but it's a little bit different now, I think. Um, so it's harder to relate yeah. for, for kids today. And it's the same thing with... Um I think people forget,
0: too, that Halloween made a splash in 78 because what what the movie was basically bringing was the psychopathic killer into the suburban area, you know. People were scared of that, and that's where it, it got a lot of its pull from. The kids today, you know, we every, you turn the news on any day of the week. And it's all, you know...
1: It's more horrific yeah, than Yeah, it's Halloween, more horrific if. than
0: any horror movie you've ever seen, probably. Yeah. Um, so they're not... I think they're slightly desensitised from what would be considered that they're, they're not scared of something like that.
1: Yeah. They're not scared
0: of the fact that here's this boogeyman in the city, in the in the suburban streets,
1: murdering people. Yeah. It's just considered a <sighs> old hat, you know. And some of, the, some of the same goes for the movies. You see... Um, if somebody has has had the Saw series, for example, as their entry into horror films, and then starts going back to to the old classics and that mm. sort of thing, they're not even going to bat an eye on nah. anything that happens in Halloween. So if you're a bit of a gorehound or or something like that, torture porn stuff that was yeah, going around, it, it's it's not going to hold the, new up there. <laughs> the new wave, new wave, yeah, <laughs> the French new wave and all yes. this kind of stuff. You know, this. Well, just if you if you've come in as French new wave and thinking that's this is what horror is human centipede. It's not <laughs> even gonna, yeah. It's not even going to raise a raise a pulse. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I think that that's
0: part of what makes Halloween sort of seen as a bit of a you know uh, what's this type mm. of thing. Uh, but in saying that, we probably shouldn't also be getting upset that people are laughing at it. At least the young, some of the youngins are coming along to have a look. Yeah, are well, interested in
1: what this is. What I think, is it? Yeah, at least you, you've probably got to give them some credit for that. Yeah. Actually checking it out. Um, and as we said, you've got to sort of understand that uh, times change and and things move on. And Halloween is something from our period that's mm. always going to hold a special significance. But you can't expect people fifty years down the line, or you know, to be still looking at it with the same reverence. I know for you know from experience. Uh, things that my dad would, would tell me to watch as classics I'd laugh off, let alone my grandparents or something oh, yeah, like that. Yeah. So I can imagine God, no. when, when, when we get that far away from Halloween, we might get a little bit angry and uh, you know, start start uh, I questioning why people don't see it that way, but that's just the way it is. Time, the, time goes on.
0: The other thing is too is I think the idea of what's a classic film, what's a really good horror film, has kind of been diluted a little bit because we're getting so many more too. I mean, we're getting so much more in the cinemas, so much
1: more directed DVD and streaming and all yeah. that. There's so much horror out there. I'm not, so, I'm not so sure about the cinemas. I don't think we're getting as much in the cinemas, but with video on demand and, and things like that, you get a lot more I guess. I overall. guess you're still
0: getting things in the cinema, but you're probably
1: getting more your ghost sort of stuff and yeah. you know, devil sort Even of stuff. Even them, and things like The Conjuring and, and those sort of things are... I don't think you're getting as much horror fare as you may have in the in the 80's and early 90s perhaps we certainly got a hell of a lot in the 90s yeah. I remember the 90s was really fertile yeah but at, at the moment I don't think there's a hell of a lot that's getting a, a real run on the on the horror circuit I think the video on demand and the indie stuff is probably where we're getting a lot of a yeah. lot of the content uh, but you're right there's a lot more out there so
0: but you know what you bring up an interesting point because the conjuring for me did bring back a little bit of the slow burn. It wasn't pure slow burn. It still knew it had to deliver a certain number of scares and stuff in yeah. certain sections, but I felt they, they handled it well. It was also... They didn't blow, it, blow their load straight away. It they, was
1: also a bit of the simplicity. Yeah. you know it was very simple. The was not overly convoluted and we didn't have to explain every little thing about it. We just found out this was a ghost and it was yeah. haunting the place. You know? And it was,
0: and, and they, they pitched the scares in all the right places. Yeah. It wasn't particularly gory, if I remember correctly. It wasn't a gory movie. No, it was all uh, jump It was scares. all about jump scares and trying to get you to get, um, sort of see something that maybe was there that wasn't, you know. Yeah,
1: and it did share a little bit of that, uh, uh, you know, going through a scene and just... Being scared by what you think might be coming up, as opposed to what actually happened, where yeah. they, they strung you along for a little while and got a couple of minutes out of something that that uh, you were just scaring yourself with, basically. So it's possible.
0: I guess it's possible that 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 can be done um, in this day and age, but I think it's done less and less. Yeah, the conjuring's uh, a sort of a an anomaly in amongst a lot of stuff that's not particularly scary or not particularly. Um, interesting in the horror world. We'll take our final break and we'll come back and uh, let you know what we're going to roll out for next episode. Next episode, we'll be be sliding into the action genre. Now, when I talk about the pantheon of action heroes, I think of Eastwood, Schwarzenegger, Stallone, Willis, Bosworth. Who's Bosworth, you ask? That's what we're going to find out next episode when we uh, cover 1991's Stone Cold. Looking forward to that, Jared. You know I am. I'm not so much. (laughs) But until then, thank you very much for listening to our first episode. Take it easy and hopefully you'll be listening to the next one. Find this podcast at podomatic.com or iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook or contact us at thrillme, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.